think meditation is hard, do me a favor. Take a slow, deep breath in. And now breathe out. Congratulations. You just meditated. Hi, I'm Crystal Joukowsky, and this is Breathe In, Breathe Out, a weekly mindfulness and meditation podcast for anyone ready to own their own shit and find a little peace while doing it. Welcome back to Breathe In, Breathe Out. I'm Crystal Joukowsky, and I really don't know where this this episode is going to go. I can tell you that this episode feels like a bone-deep, soul-deep, just-gotta-talk-about-realities-of-life, the challenges that we go through. Yeah. <laughs> I've said several times that I believe the best teachers are teachers who have gone through, lived through, what they're teaching. You cannot teach how to find joy and peace and love if you have not found it. You cannot teach how to heal wounds and face your past if you haven't had to do that. You cannot teach the light if you have not faced the dark. You can try and you can reverbalize what other people have said, but to truly put feeling and energy behind what you're teaching, for people to truly feel and know in their souls the amazing truth that you are sharing is really difficult to do unless you yourself absolutely know beyond a shadow of a doubt what you are teaching because you yourself have been there. And the things I share, the things I teach, the things I talk about, I talk about them because I myself have been there. I have walked that path. I have walked that journey, which means that I can truly empathize with you in grief, in loss, in the challenges of understanding the difference between spirituality and religion with a capital R, in seeking out your own truth and your own strength versus being pushed around by the wind, you know. I had to learn that. I went through divorce. I went through religion. I went through really dark spaces. I have dealt with mental challenges, mental weather, depression. I've been there and experienced that, and I've come out stronger and on many levels, so very grateful for it because that means that I get to truly help people when they come to me and say, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid about this. I'm scared about that. I'm worried about this. If I myself can relate to what you are going through, I am going to do everything I can to help you get through it and improve your life. And share with you the tools and tricks and traditions, if you will, that I have created for myself or learned for myself that I might be able to make my life better. Here's the challenge, though. I teach people how to find that peace and that joy in the same aspect. 
even though I know how to find it, it is a journey. So there are times where I am struggling with it, seeking that peace and joy. I'm having to incorporate and use my own tools to get through it. And not only that, sometimes my tools work a little differently. The knives aren't quite as sharp as they used to be. Maybe my screws or screwdrivers are stripped a bit. Um, Maybe my wrenches have been worn down a little bit too much. (laughs) Maybe the duct tape that I used is not sticking anymore. You know, our tools work and we have to hone them. We have to change them. We have to acknowledge that what worked then may not work right now. And why is that? And what do we need to shift it and change it? And recently I've, I've been knocked. I'm, I learned recently that my mother has one of those hidden mental diseases. She's um, 71 and she lives right here with me in a mother-in-law unit. And that means that life changes. And I'll tell you that through all of the testing and the diagnoses and trying to understand what would work for her, I was strong and I was, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to understand this and we're going to get through this together. And I am totally here for you and with you. And I could handle that. And I kept telling myself, I've got this, not a big deal. And then the diagnosis came and I dove into rabbit holes of research. I asked trusted advisors. I tr- I asked friends who are very learned in this space so that they could help me understand what I would be facing and what she would be going through and how this would affect life and whatnot. It was a struggle. And yet I kept telling myself I'm strong. So there was not a ton of emotion or fear or worry behind this. There was just a ton of, yeah, it's okay. I've totally got this. And then I met with my siblings We had a Zoom call and I was able to share with them what was going on. And for some reason, sharing with my siblings made it all more real. It was like I was accepting my role as this caregiver, that I was accepting the magnitude of the change that was to come. I was accepting the challenges. And I went from, I am so strong and I've got this, to, oh shit, (laughs) I'm not sure I've got this. And I kept telling everyone outside, I got this, it's okay. And yet my husband would look at me and say, hey, you don't look like you're doing okay. A long time ago, we wanted to be foster parents because we truly wanted to bring peace to teenage boys. We wanted 10 years and up because we also had teenage boys at home and we felt like that that was just really what we understood and could help. And so we took the classes, and in these classes we learned so much, so, so much. And I was so grateful for that. And we continually refer back to the knowledge that we gained from those courses on how to help people who are going through trauma and challenges in those moments and how to be a safe space for them. And I utilize that knowledge and that information now because – I have been able to be that safe space for other people, and I too needed that safe space, so I was able to apply it to what I needed and what I was seeking when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, and then turn it around and say, okay, I can give that out, and I can be that, and I can be there. It's been very beautiful and very helpful on many different 
avenues and both sides of the coin. One of the things that um, the teacher talked about was how we have the scribe in our brain. And this scribe writes down everything that's going on so that we can remember it. And that when we are stressed, when we are going through a very traumatic, difficult time, it's like something is sitting on our scribe and our scribe can't write anymore. And those parts of our life that were there do not get documented, written down for safekeeping, which means that there could be sections in our lives where we do not remember. And we do not remember because there was so much stress. It was so difficult for us that we could not write it down to remember it. Perhaps we did not want to (laughs) write it down to remember it. I've noticed that over the last little while, my scribe is having a hard time writing. I'm having a harder time responding to emails or responding to text messages. I'm having a harder time keeping everything together. Now, as a person who helps other people get through challenging, stressful times, For me, this is very upsetting and very frustrating, and it really makes me want to cry. In fact, right now I'm tearing up a little bit because it is something that I pride myself in being to respond and being able to respond, being able to be on task, to be able to keep it all together. And right now, I'm unable to keep it all together. And why is that? That's because something is shifting So what would I tell my clients, right? I'm a life coach. I tell people how to work through it. So I ask myself, what would I tell my clients, the people that I work with? And the answer comes back, self-care, giving themselves permission to take a break, taking things off of their plate as much as possible so that they can breathe, asking for help and recognizing the strength in asking for help. As I sit back and I look at that, I recognize that there was a time in my life that I had to do all of those things. That's how I've learned to teach people. There was a time in my life that I had to cut back and just do the essentials. The essentials were all I could handle. Got to make dinner, do a lot of laundry, get the kids to bed. I can't get it all done. So who am I going to ask to help me? Is there anybody that could maybe bring in food? Is there anybody that could take the kids for an evening so that I can breathe? Is there anybody that I can talk to so that I can feel better and improve? What self-care do I need in this moment? There was a time in my life that I really needed to do that. And then I come out of that stronger and more beautiful and more able to take on the world. And here I am and I find myself in that spot again. <laughs> and, and it sucks. I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It really sucks to be in that space where just the bare minimums, what can I take off my plate? It's okay to check out for a little while. It's okay. In fact, it's fantastic to ask for help. I am relearning through this experience the 
amazing gifts and lessons that I have previously learned. And yet I am learning them on a deeper level because back then I just knew I was stressed and I was overwhelmed and I I was not self-aware enough to step back and ask, how have I created this or how have I added into this and how can I change it? This, in this particular situation, I chose to have my mom live here next to me. Now, the challenge is that I had a fairy tale idea of how things would go. As she aged, I knew that I would be the one taking care of her as she passed, but I had no idea that there would be something more in there. I thought, yeah, she'll be as with it as my grandmother was. I had this fairy tale idea. So I chose to bring her here and I chose to have her live with me, but I was naive in the decision of having her be here and the possibilities that could be. So now I sit here and I have to mourn the loss of what I thought, and I have to figure out how to deal with what will be, what is and what will be. And you know what? That sucks. That absolutely sucks. I am sure that there are, I know for a fact that there are probably millions of people out there as caregivers taking care of family members who are aging. And it is common to be burned out. It is common to be stretched too thin. It is common to be dealing with a job and family and other responsibilities on top of this new responsibility that we have. So the first thing I did when I found out was research. Research, research, research. I believe that knowledge is power. And if I do as much research as I can, at least I can be aware of what will come. And the next thing I did was ask questions. And I said, who can I ask questions and how can I get more knowledge and clarification? I'm talking to her doctors. I'm talking to people who have been in this realm and dealt with this issue. I'm reaching out to friends who have also been in this position. And the last thing I did was actually talk to my mom. I would check in with her and remind myself that this is where she's at today. She's not there. She's not gone already. She's still here. And I have time. I have time to connect with her and time to laugh and time to chuckle and time to find joy in this moment. And it doesn't mean that it's easier, but it does mean that there's more joy and a little bit less weight. And I'm not quite as sad and I don't want to cry all the time right now. Grief is not linear. It's a here in different varying degrees, right? We move through that. And even knowing that she was here and even doing that research and talking to the people who's still having a hard time. So I had to step back again and say, okay, what am I going to do? I've been using my tools. I've been figuring it out. What next? And you know what came to mind? <laughs> An old musing that I did a while back about anxiety and depression. And it, there's a quote from Lao Tzu, and it says that, I mean, roughly, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm probably going to butcher it, love me anyway, that looking into the past, if you're depressed, you are focused on the past. And if you are filled with anxiety, then you are looking at the future, and that peace comes from looking in the moment, being in the moment. 
And I expanded on that thought because there's so much more to that. I think that it goes away. That is a very simplistic way of looking at it. And so I, I dove a little bit deeper into that. And yet, as I go through this right here, right now, I recognize that anxiety for me in this moment is actually looking to the future and not having control over the future. It's not just looking at the future because I can look at the future and there are some things that I'm really excited about and hopeful for. I get anxious and stressed when I look at the future and I ask myself, I can't control it. (laughs) Why can't I control it? If I could just control it, I would feel better. If I could just know exactly the progression, if I could just know exactly what would happen and when I would need help and when I would need this and that and the other, and if I could just have a concrete thing My anxiety ratches up, and the next thing I know, I'm sitting in a bathtub crying because I'm so anxious, and I'm paralyzed into non-movement, non-activity. I'm paralyzed because I don't have control of the future. So, as a life coach, continually seeking and trying to be self-aware, which is so freaking frustrating because let me tell you, sometimes I wish I wasn't. Sometimes I wish I wasn't aware. Sometimes I wish that I wasn't this life coach because then I could just pretend like it didn't matter and that nothing bothered me. Or I could just um, be emotional and rant and rave and let everybody around me feel it and not feel remorse. (laughs) But instead, here I am and I'm like, okay, I know that my emotions are affecting those around me and I know that Um, I have tools, so I need to use them. And how am I going to use them to fix this? And how am I going to use them to improve my situation? Because it's not fair to myself and it's not fair to everybody else around me when I am like this. Now, I feel like there needs to be a caveat here. There needs to be an added notation that what I am going through, what any of us is going through when we are feeling these emotions and stressed out and frustrated and challenged by life, What we are going through is unbelievably valid. The emotions are letting us know that something's up and we need to address them. It is valid. It does not minimize or fix what we are facing. And yet acknowledging that it's valid to feel that way can feel so much better. It can relieve a lot of stress instead of saying, no, 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 this is something else and I've got to be strong and whatnot. That just makes it harder and worse and more difficult to follow through on surviving. So I validate my feelings. In addition to my research and my questioning and my reaching out to friends and my additional self-care and reminding myself that mom is still here, I validate my feelings. I validate that I'm angry, that I'm sad, that I'm scared, that I'm tired and stressed, that I'm afraid of the unknown. I validate the fact that I need an extra boost or an extra nap or four. I validate where I'm at. And then as far as the anxiety in the future goes, I ask myself, what can I do about it? The really shitty thing is that oftentimes the answer is going to be, there's not a lot we can do about it. Other than adding more compassion, more love, more support, and then living in the moment. And I think that's the hardest thing. I 
I really think it's it's the hardest thing, and yet it's it's the best solution. Living in the moment. As soon as I start to think about tomorrow or next week or a year from now, that's overwhelming and stressful and emotional and difficult. But I turn around and I say, no, I'm going to live right now. Right here, right now. And I can see humor. And I can see joy. I can smile at the snowman that I see. I can revel in a moment with my barn cat who just loves me to death and wants to be held and snuggled. Living in the moment, I can relish a surprise visitor that comes to spend the night and gives me the opportunity to cancel everything else so that I can enjoy that moment with them. The gift of time and connection. I was talking with one friend shortly after I got the diagnosis for my mom, and um, she is a hospice provider, and she works with people in this area all the time. And I asked her if we could meet, and she was struggling a little bit, and she said, you know, we're adjusting with new schedules, and it's, I quote, a dying season at work. And that gave me pause, because for a moment I thought, yeah, I'm not the only one having a hard time. And in having that thought, I minimized my own emotions for a moment and let her experience be a little bit bigger than mine. And um, I'll tell you, for a moment, in that moment, that felt good to recognize that, whew, man, she is a saint because she continually helps people and families at the end of their lives. And I could not do that. So I held space for her for a moment. I honored the fact that she's having a real hard challenge. And then after recognizing that I was minimizing my own experience, I stopped and I said, no, it's okay, Crystal, you can still struggle. You can still have a hard time. You can still be angry and worried and stressed. And I sat on that for a moment And then again, I asked, what can I do? So right now for me is a time of extra, extra self-care, extra allowing. My word of this year, my word for this season is allow. It's allowing myself to cry. It's allowing myself to reach out for help. It's allowing other people to help me. It's allowing extra time doing a puzzle or playing in the pottery barn. It's allowing myself whatever that is. And it's been ironic. You know, there are the two sides of self-care. There's the sides of self-care that's like the luxurious and relaxing, whatever that is for you. And then there's this challenging ones like creating a budget or stop procrastinating or... um having those difficult conversations with somebody who's, you know, you need to clear the air between them. And I find myself in that space with allowing because there are some things that I, I used to think were negative in allowing and and now there I see them in a different light. I am allowing myself to let go of people, experiences, and friendships that need more from me need more than I am willing and able to give. In this space where I need more, 
I am pulling back from those who take more from me. Sounds a lot like the difficult side of self-care, doesn't it? Allowing myself to say no. Allowing myself to pull back. Allowing extra downtime. A super long lunch. (laughs) An hour-long bath in the middle of the day. Allowing myself, whatever that looks like. Allowing a friend in. Allowing myself to let a friend go. It's amazing when we check into ourselves. It's amazing when we stop and we say, what do I really need? And how can I give that to myself? Because I am important. In this moment, I am literally living what I have told all of you. Those people around you that you want to love and support cannot receive that support if you yourself are drained. My mother needs my love and support. She needs the gift of me for however long I have her. And you know what that means? I have to take care of me. There's not an, uh, maybe, I'll think about it. It's an I have to. Now, on the one hand, I could take that as a, God, this sucks. I have to do that. And on the other hand, I can look at it and say, that's the gift. My dear friend Ari said to me, Crystal, in this experience, turn it around on its head. And instead of saying, oh, this is taking so much from me, what is the gift in this experience? (laughs) I kind of looked at him like he had grown two heads for a second because, gosh, I'm supposed to look for the gift in what I'm facing? Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) what? And then the gift came. And the gift is that I am forced to take care of myself. I am forced to put myself higher on that priority list. Because let's be honest, we let ourselves slip. That's just the way it is. We put ourselves higher and we do really good for a long time. And then eventually we slide a little bit. And then we slide a little bit. And then we slide a a little bit. And then we have to be reminded to put ourselves higher. And then we slide and we get closer to burnout. And we have to put ourselves higher. It is this constant cycle, right? Because it's a journey, we are learning, we constantly have to go back and forth and figure that out. And so here I am, facing the unknown, stressed, concerned, and worried. And the answers I get are allow, live in the moment, and find the joy in this moment. And the gift in this moment for me is the undeniable requirement and importance of conscious and intentional self-care. I need to embody the very thing that I have been teaching and telling you. I have to breathe in and breathe out fully, completely, wholly for myself so that I can be there for others. This is a big journey for me. I know that there will be a lot of insights and shifts and changes. And on the one hand, I'm terrified. I'm not going to lie. And on the other hand, I'm a little excited because there's always something fun, something new, 
some new gem, a new strength, a new lesson that I get to walk away with. So here we are. Here we go. If you are like me and you're facing something super challenging, because we all have our stuff, know that you're not alone. Know that people are with you, that they love you. Seek them out. Speak up for yourself. And if the future looks too big, go with the here and now, the baby steps, the little moments. What can you do right here, right now, to make a little better? Today, I decided to podcast. (laughs) I decided to open up because I hoped that in sharing, it wouldn't feel so heavy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining me. And I hope you come back again next week for Breathe In, Breathe Out. I hope this moment of self-care and healing brought you some hope and peace. I'm Crystal Joukowsky on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And I hope you check us out and follow along for more content coming soon. I look forward to being with you again here on Breathe In, Breathe Out. Until next time, take care.